now listening to the Seventh Rounders. Folks, the AFC and NFC championship games are set. In the AFC, we have the one and three seeds, the Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs. And guess what? In the NFC, we have the one and the three seed in the San Francisco 49ers and the Detroit Lions. We're here. Only three NFL games left this year. Cherish them. But before we preview, we got to recap not only last week, but the first two rounds of the playoffs. Um, the boys were off last week. Well-deserved rest. I mean, that was our first off week in quite some time. Uh, we were all feeling it. Um, you know, we we needed that break, hit the reset button, and now power through to March. Um, boys, how are you on this fine Tuesday evening? I, uh, you know... Would have loved to have been on last week. The the corporate life sometimes gets in the way. You, you know, shout out to the Indianapolis, great city work conference out there. Tore up Lucas Oil Stadium Thursday night last week. You and Gus Johnson, you guys fucking own Lucas Oil. The oil rig. Um, great, great, great people out there. Yeah, uh, glad to be back this week. Excited to dive into more college basketball. You know, this is our first, like college football. There's not a whole lot there. It's really, it's really kind of in the back seat now. It's sitting back there in the middle, taking a nap on the long car ride through college hoops season, uh, as well as the 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 end of NFL. But happy to be back with you guys. Gonna miss Cardillo on this one, but yeah. Powers, talk to me. I'm doing well, man. Uh, I'm also excited to talk some college hoops. Uh, NFL by the week is just, I'm, I'm getting more and more over it. It has just been kicking my ass the oh, past dude. two to three weeks. I'm just, I'm, I'm ready to, to, to get past it. All the teams I wanted to win, not in it anymore. Uh, but man, some good games last week. A really intriguing AFC championship game this week. No idea what we're going to get out of the NFC teams, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited. Looking forward to it. I tell you what, I, I couldn't agree more. The NFL has just been it, complete ass kicking in the playoffs. If you've been, uh, well, if you've been betting on the picks I've been betting on. Anyone who's been, been you know, riding with me, I've felt like General Custer, dude, just leading us out to battle <laughs> to total failure. Just getting pillaged out here by the board. But, um, hey, three biggest games are left. It's a great time. We didn't peak too early, that's for sure. If we ever do, maybe now's the time. Yeah. So, um, round one of the playoffs. Um, won't spend a lot of time here now that it's two weeks out, but I think a, a couple of important things we need to hit on from a podcast perspective. Um, Cardillo not here to talk. Pittsburgh, Buffalo. Um, Buffalo gets it done there. I, I, I personally didn't watch a ton of this game, so I may not be the best one to, you know, give my thoughts, but, uh, in my eyes, Steelers, you know, overperformed to an extent this year. Um, it'll be very interesting to see what they do in the off season at the quarterback spot. Um, that Mason Rudolph, you know, pumpkin game as Connor likes to call it was due. Um, 
So, you know, Buffalo, you know, holds on there. Any thoughts on that game, Connor? I don't have many thoughts on the first round as a whole. I thought the worst teams lost in every single game except for maybe Rams-Lions. I think those two teams, I think they probably split like 50-50 if they play each other 10 times. But, uh, yeah, yeah. the the Steelers just aren't it. And, And that's about all I have on that round one matchup there. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a very decisive wild card round all around. I mean, there really wasn't any games that were very good, I don't think. Like, Lions-Rams was the only game within two scores, so. That was a I guess of a game. Browns, I mean, Browns result surprised me a little bit, but, like. Shocker. Just yeah. Joe Flacco, you know? Like, he, he was due. Yeah. He, he yeah. pumpkin, you know? I mean, shout out to, you know, obviously losing uh, pretty, pretty, handedly to the Ravens this past weekend, but shout out to CJ Stroud, D'Amico Ryan's, you know, proved me wrong, made me look like a fool. Uh, and they go out there and they win their maiden playoff games. Good for them. They're going to be a problem there in the AFC. CJ Stroud, big for the, the Ohio state brand, very big year for, for the Ohio state brand. They were reeling. They hadn't had a QB they needed it. ever do well. They needed it. Yeah. Yeah. Came through. But yeah, yeah they're going to be an exciting team next year. Um, I think them and the, I mean, the Packers, obviously the Packers, who I think outplayed San Francisco this week for a large portion of that game. I think they should be in the, in the uh, conference championship this weekend. But I mean, I think the Packers and Texans, two teams stock way up. Hopefully you bought it early in the year. We know Chad didn't, at least for the Packers. Um, Listen, I want to shout out. I, I, I picked the Packers to win the NFC North and they obviously didn't, but they had a hell of a year, you know, Jordan Love balled out. The difference in that game was honestly just his two turnovers and the, the missed kick, obviously. Um, but yeah, they exciting team. Their core is super young. I feel like they're going to have, they, I feel like almost all of their skill position players, except for maybe Aaron Jones are on rookie deals at the moment. Feels like they have a really nice trajectory there. I think Matt LaFleur proved a lot of people wrong this year as like a a play caller and a head coach. So uh, I'd be probably more optimistic if I was a. Oh, yeah. I think a Packers fan than a Texans fan. But but I think what is the um, either of you have any idea what the Packers cap situation is like this offseason? Because, listen, I've been a a hater in general of the Packers, but I mean, you know, it's hard to argue how that team looked at the end of the year. And then, you know, in both of their playoff games, I, you know, I think you can build around Jordan love. I think they had, like you mentioned, a lot of good young wide receivers, but I think they could use that dominant wide receiver one. So I, I don't know what the cap situation's like, you know, draft piece wise either but you know i think they get a wide receiver one a legit dude in there you know it's gonna be scary i think some of the idea might be that christian watson's fully healthy i think i mean watson ain't a one you know i I don't yeah he actually balled out as a rookie in that that 10 game stretch i think he's got something in him i agree they could bring in a wide receiver one but i feel like they're they're just gonna build like slow and steady, you know, next year, maybe 
they reach the NFC Championship game or something like that, and then they're knocking after that. Similar to how the Lions have have done it the past few years. I think the Packers yeah. are in a very similar spot. Yeah, I'd say uh, I loves probably a top ten quarterback in the league. Like I, I I'm I'm very like I think he's fantastic. His footwork, his his arm talent, he gets it. And Chad, he might be better than than Tua. I'm gonna be honest. I can go on the record say it said it in a group chat. Jordan Love. Wow, he's a very good player. I uh, Jared Goff, probably a top eight quarterback in the NFL for himself. He's so underrated. So underrated. He he deserves his flowers this year. I mean, awesome. Amazing to see the Lions in the conference championship. Love that. Great story. But Jared Goff's legit. He's he's a good quarterback and he doesn't get enough credit. John, you know what Jordan Love has? Jay Love has a little size on him and he has a little mobility in that pocket. You know. A little girth and a little zip. A little G and Z. <laughs> you know who doesn't have that? Yeah, number one in teal. Um, let's let's get into it. Let's rip the Band-Aid off. Um, the, it, <laughs> the Dolph, I don't even remember what the final score was. I was actually with Cardillo for that one. I mean, he was, <laughs> he really wanted me to watch it. I would have been good just hanging out and not even watching it. But, you know, we watched it. It, it put a little bit of a damper on the night. Um, you know, I rolled out of there at 11 PM, a little sad. Um, that game was never particularly close. I know they got it to 14, seven or whatever on that long Tyreek touchdown, but I mean, you're at a crossroads and Tua is going to get a contract extension. You know, it's, it's going to happen. I just. You can't have a guy with that size and that lack of, you know, mobility. You, you can't beat Lamar Jackson. You can't beat Josh Allen. You can't beat, you know, um, Patrick Mahomes. It's never going to happen. You're don't have. You're not even giving yourself a chance to. The only chance you have at winning the AFC is if everyone on your team stays healthy. And in the NFL, we see it year in and year out. That is never going to happen. You know, the reason these Mahomes and Allens are elite is because they can lose guys to injuries left and right and just carry their teams to victory. Tua can't carry a team. So, you know, who knows? Maybe Miami stays completely healthy here next year and they get to an AFC title game, you know, get to a Super Bowl. But it's it's very unlikely because it's just that's, you know, Team staying healthy doesn't happen often, and I, it's hard to, you know, be optimistic about the future when you know you're that far behind the eight ball to begin with. And Judah with just a massive slam dunk, turn it over to John. You know, I've been big supporter of Tua. I'm all all board. I'm here to support you. I'm here to support him if he's our quarterback next year. Um. But you got to be realistic, you know, when the, when the contract's up, we'll see where we're at. I think he's got, a, what is it, an option next year? Is it another year is it an option next year? Um, I believe whatever it is, after next season, he'll be a unrestricted free agent. Um, so we'll see what happens, Chad. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm evaluating. I'm in the evaluation phases again, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and as far as Coach Mike goes, I just hope he works on somehow finding a way to make some adjustments in the second half, you know. Um, 
It just I, felt like we were so predictable. This year. What? Yeah. I I think overall, you know, in my eyes, the offense just wasn't good enough this year. Um, the you know the defense. Listen, they were bad the first seven weeks of the year. Vic Bangio getting acclimated. They made adjustments. They, yeah. The last nine weeks, they played very well. Yeah. You know, the last defense couple of weeks. Baltimore is what it is. You're going to have those games. But, you know, for Think dealing about it, with though. injuries to Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb, you know, you're trying out their two 36-year-old defensive ends. Odds are stacked against you. But the defense adapted, and I can't blame them. Offensively, Listen. if you can't score more than 24, one points against a team over 500, you're not a good offense. So listen, something's got to change that. You said the last, what, nine weeks of the year defense was a lot better. I think it was the growth with Fangio, but also um, number five came back those last, what, nine weeks. Good fucking player. Good fucking player, Jalen Ramsey is. Enough about the Dolphins. They're eliminated. We'll see what they do next year. On to uh, the conference championships. We got a great uh, – any scenario that unfolds – sorry, Connor, did I – Do we want to talk about Chiefs-Bills real quick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Suck it, Buffalo. Um, didn't, didn't unfold like I thought it would. I, I really thought this was the Bills' year. I mean, I know you did too, Connor. I thought this was the Bills' year. Um, it felt like, you know, that they, they came out of the gates – with a pretty good drive, short field goal, maybe game's a little different if they end up scoring a touchdown that, that opening drive. Um, but they go out there, they go up, you know, 17-13 at halftime. It felt like they were just kind of always going to stay ahead of the Chiefs. And then uh, they never scored again after score after Shakir in the third quarter uh, on a beautiful drive down the field. They never scored again. And uh, I don't know what happened. I don't know why the offense just stalled after that. But what did you see? I just I, – I felt like they were in control that entire game. And, uh, you know, all year I've just been convinced that the Chiefs are not it. And even that game, like, I just kept telling myself the Chiefs are, like, not going to do it. And every time they needed a big play, they got one. They also had – they were way more explosive than the Bills, I felt like. Like, the Bills were just chunking it down the field. Chiefs got some a couple big plays, like the pass to Kelsey, for example, and then Pacheco ripped off a couple big runs. But, like, I know you can't blame it all in one play, but it, that is inexcusable for how bad Tyler Bass has been this year for him, for them not to look for an alternative. <clears throat> He's been awful. He was, what, one of three in the opening round against the Steelers? Something like that? He uh, he definitely didn't have his best season by any stretch. Um, by far his worst. At the end of the day, the reason, like, the Patriots of the world, the Chiefs of the world, they take advantage of every little mistake you make, pretty much. I know the Chiefs had that... Cr- Crazy McCole Hardman fumble out of the touchback, uh, out of the end zone for a touchback. But, like, that's what separates the Bills and the Chiefs. Like, your whole team has got to just be making the right play. And they just had a guy that didn't come through. They kicked that field goal. I still think there's a pretty good chance the Chiefs go down and win the game. But, like, you have to at least give give your team the shot to do it. What a- I mean, the Chiefs. 
Go ahead, John. What a bad time for the uh, Stefan Diggs relationship with with Allen to really kind of implode to three catches, 21 yards, few drops, some miscommunications. They just looked out of sync all game. No one stepped up at the skill positions for Buffalo is the Josh Allen show. Khalil Shakir. That's about Khalil Shakir. Yeah, you're right. He he did step up much other reason, probably because you wouldn't have expected him to do anything. He needs seven catches and a tud. But um, yeah, he's got to make that long catch. Um, that that chemistry between Josh and Diggs is odd. I mean, they have not been in sync the last what eight weeks. I mean, you look at Diggs' stats to end the year; it was far from impressive. And I, you know, I think that ultimately hurt him. I mean, give the Chiefs credit. I feel like the thir- first three quarters, I'd argue, they're just weathering the storm. You know, matching Buffalo staying you know within striking distance and then just took over in the fourth quarter and you know you mentioned the fumble through the back of the end zone they they did their best to try and give it right back to buffalo um then there was that josh allen fumble that i don't know what those guys were doing man just fall on the football um i think what i what i always underrate about the chiefs is just i think their offensive line is just so elite and Pair that with Mahomes' pocket presence, and is like it is almost impossible to sack him. Yeah, he doesn't go down. And that defense with Mr. Spagnola—that's the best defense Kansas City's had. It. They're 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 really good. I mean, they're extremely good. They're maybe a team that doesn't get up as much for the regular season with all the success they've had in the postseason the last five years. I mean, that they, they're fucking good. Can't wait to to see that game against the Ravens. That's gonna be that's gonna be fun. Quick shout out to me, Cole Hardman. He had one carry for negative one yard. He also had one reception for uh, two yards and two touches. He had two fumbles. He fumbled each of those. Really, really impressive showing by me, Cole. One hundred percent fumble rate on two touches. Uh, he tried to. He tried to lose in the game just like Kadarius Tony did that opening game against the Lions, and he did successfully lose in that one. So uh, Mahomes winning in spite of his receivers continues. Trav- Kelsey played amazing, though, that game. Oh, yeah. I mean, unbelievable. That, two that touchdowns. Vintage Kelsey, for sure. If you if you parlayed Kelsey 2-plus two, two with Josh Allen 2-plus, you would have made a lot of money. Yeah. They scored the first four touchdowns of the game. I've been taking Josh Allen anytime every week until I, I just told myself this wasn't a week. Guys, money. Um, quick question. In terms of like fan bases that have endured the most pain, the Bills might be top of the list. Recent memory. And I'll tell you oh, why. I'll right explain why. I'll explain why. Because every year they have legitimate hope that they're going to win a Super Bowl. And every year it ends in tragic fashion. Like, at least if, like, as a Falcons fan the past three years, I know we're not going to, like, be competitive. So, like, I don't get that upset. Like, that's got to be excruciating year after year after year. That's my last take on that game. They also, yeah, I mean, they never won a Super Bowl either. So that's also the pressure of that. Uh, It's tough. And then you got the Diggs photo, you know, staring at the Chiefs winning it and the memes. It's fun. Uh, yeah. Anything else from, from, uh, last weekend? I think the lions, you know, they kind of took care of business against the bucks. That was like the only bet I won was the lion spread. And, uh, 
Yeah, that game score was a lot closer than the actual game, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, but we got we got two tremendous matchups with the Chiefs, Ravens, and the AFC Championship, the Lions, Niners, and the NFC Championship. Any Super Bowl combination is going to be really exciting. These should be two great games. Kind of shocked at both spreads. I think both spreads are a little steeper than I would have expected, but um, excited to talk about it. Where do we start? So, how you feel about... Let's do the AFC first, I think. Better game. Okay. So, how you feel about the spreads? I can't believe this total is 44 and a half. It, that, that seems so low to me. After both offenses basically put up 30 points. I know that the Chiefs finished with 27 last week, but 44 and a half seems low. So, I got I to gotta look into that a little bit. Feels a little bit fishy. Everything in my body tells me the Ravens are the much better team and win and cover this game. But like betting against Mahomes as an underdog is terrifying. Like I just I I don't know if I give the Chiefs enough credit yet in terms of like power rankings. I don't know. So I lean Ravens. I haven't made a bet yet, but I think I like the Ravens minus three and a half and the over in this game. Going to be a great matchup, though. I lean Chiefs, just the Mahomes factor. Like, I, I agree. I think Baltimore is the more complete team. They have, I want to be careful saying better weapons, but, you know, with Mark Andrews back, I think they do have better weapons. Wait, is Mark Andrews going to be back? He's practicing, He's supposed right? to be, yeah. He was, like, close to playing last week, I think. I mean, Likely's pretty dark. Likely's a stud, yeah. Uh, yeah. I I will like I will wind up betting Kansas City. I, I don't feel strongly about it. I just I have a hard time betting against Mahomes in this spot. I uh yeah, I, I, I'm gonna lock up the Chiefs plus three and a half here. I lean the under, but I'm not confident on it. I I I don't know if the Chiefs win this game, but I think plus three and a half that's a great number for me here in this spot. I like it. I could see it being a one-two point game. I, I don't know, man. This is going to be fun. Uh, and the fact that they're on the road doesn't really scare me. Obviously, they proved they could go into the hostile Buffalo environment. Baltimore's hostile, but probably not more hostile than Buffalo is. Bills Mafia gets after it. Connor, you muted. Oh, my three, God. Three and a half feels a little trappy, you know? It feels a little trappy for sure, but I... I think they're going to cover that. I think they might win it outright. I don't know. Who do you want to win? Would you prefer to see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl? <laughs> these get, these two teams are on the same level of me for just like, I don't despise them, but I certainly don't root for them if I, if I don't have to. So just excited to have two, two, probably the two best teams the AFC are playing this game. So it's great. And the two best teams in the NFC, quite frankly. I, I can't support a hall ball. I'll be rooting for Kansas City. All right. Lions, Niners. This spread is scary, I feel like. Uh, Niners, uh, touchdown favorites at home. Over-unders, 50 and a half. I I mean, I don't know. I'm scared that it's so big. I, I was expecting this number to be like five and a half, like five. Seven just seems like a lot of points. I, it is. Um, 
I kind of lean under. I just I, Brock Purdy. You know, we and we know what Cardillo thinks of Brock Purdy. I, you know, I think the Lions' defense is scrappy. I think the Lions' offense is going to struggle a bit against um, the San Fran front and you know defense as a whole. So I lean under. If I had to choose a side. I'd probably go San Francisco just because it's bigger than I thought it would be. Maybe a little Vegas nose type action. Um, so I, I'd lean San Fran. This is a tough I th- one. It's I think def- I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna lock up the Lions. Uh, they just feel like they got some destiny on their side right now. I'm just. I'm gonna roll with Dan Campbell and the boys. Give me Lions plus seven. I just totally talked myself into that play while you were talking. So we're gonna ride. I just don't think that Dan Campbell's bunch of men came all this way to go down without fucking fighting, man. I watched his introductory press conference, dude. They're going to go down. They're going to take a couple kneecaps off you before uh, before you walk out of that cage. They're going to chew your teeth out of your mouth. Something like that, dude. Some wild shit was said. Frank Ragnow. Key injury last week, you know, the the longtime center for the Lions, uh, all pro. He was dinged, uh, sprained his knee and his ankle or multiple things. But he he came back in and he was playing in the crucial downs, the third and fourth downs that the Lions needed him. And do you see that type of effort, that type of mentality, that grit there covering plus seven? I don't care what the trends might say or the reverse line movement or the public, although I think they're on the Niners. Uh, seven's a lot. Give me the lines. Um, I will say not to make it about myself, but when we did our preseason Super Bowl picks, who had the Chiefs and 49ers? Uh, it will be the Chiefs and 49ers. Um, uh, anything else on football? That was such a dickhead thing of me to say. I'm sorry. I made it all about myself. I apologize. That's what we're used to, though. Uh, you do what you do, and that's okay. Um, my piece of advice is Jameer Gibbs is going to score a touchdown this week. He's plus 145 right now. I will bet that man to score until the wheels fall off. He he is a very good player, and if I Jameer, enjoy watching him play. If Jameer Gibbs and Josh Allen are suiting up, Connor is betting them to score a touchdown. You heard it here tonight. That is a promise. Um, I like that. I... Uh, I don't have a lock for you on anytime touchdowns. It seems anytime I take the anytime touchdowns, they always don't hit. Sometimes I'll hit a nice first touchdown, which is which is always welcome. But dude, anytime touchdowns, Mike Rodriguez gets me all fired up about this. Makes it feel like it's easy to hit these things. I think I'm like two for seventy this year. It's 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 disturbing. It's disturbing. Um, that's how Vegas gets you, man. That's shit right there. That in parlays. You got to be careful out there, folks. They'd be really careful. Um, hoops, college hoops. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess was gonna what, intro it by saying, "Oh, go ahead. Sorry, John." You know what? Never mind. I'm gonna table that. Table that thought. We're gonna table that thought. Oh, We're gonna come back to it for the get, Super Bowl. Uh, let, let's get predictions for the Super Bowl, Chad. You said Chiefs Niners. Uh, I'm gonna go Lions Ravens. Wow. I'm gonna go Chiefs Niners. I'm going to go Chiefs Niners. Okay. 
All right, yeah, so college troops tonight, we're going to go through the major conferences. You know what? Chiefs-Lions. Going to be different. Going to be different. Chiefs-Lions. Let's go. Chiefs-Lions. Come on. All right. I'll put in a record scratch. Rewind a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we're going to hit the major conferences. We're going to do a team each that we're watching or a team that that we like a lot. Um, And, yeah, we're going to bounce around. We're looking forward. The guys have been locked in the college hoops for a few weeks now. John and Cardillo especially have been just hit, hitting the boards religiously. Uh, so we're excited to get to college hoops. We're going to introduce some March guards along the way here. And yeah. All right. What conference do you guys want to start with? Before we get to a conference, the Cox are up eight at the half. Just wanted to shout them Dude, out. The but- Cox had had it. Electric half here. We got Kentucky, uh, Kentucky at home, Colonial Life Arena. It's it's rowdy in there. We have beaten them. We beat them like by twenty last year, I think. Uh, much worse team too under Lamont Paris in his in his maiden voyage season. That's two maidens I've used tonight in this episode. Um, Chad, if we hang on now, the second half has been a kryptonite. It is. I feel like a kryptonite for a lot of the underdogs this year. It's been a lot of collapses, but thank you for the shout out. Long way to go. Miles Studi is not playing the uh, transfer shooting guard out of Vanderbilt. He's been a stud for us this year. So some guys are stepping up. We'd love to see it. There will be live commentary during the second half. I can promise you that. Um, let's let's start with the ACC. Let's do it. The ACC, home of the Syracuse Orange Men. That's Chad's team. Um, Chad. Would you like to begin? I feel like it's only right. And then also, obviously, they're home to the Boston College Golden Fighting Eagles. Connor Powers. Um, we'll let you go ahead, Chad. All right. Um, I'll, I'll talk about Cuse a little bit, but the team I wanted to highlight, I mean, UNC is really, really good. Um, no other way to put it. Um, Syracuse lost by about 60 to them last Saturday. Um, and they've got a lot of dudes. I mean, RJ Davis, I think he had like 36 last time out and that went against Wake Forest. Arch I mean, guard. I still argue just a balanced team. Baycott just been there a decade plus. I think they are far and away the best team in the ACC. And I do think they're one of the five or six best teams in the country. Let me uh, say, yeah. commentary, remember I said about a month ago, I locked in my, my final four at the time, my four picks. One of my four teams I locked in at the time, and a huge stock-up moment is UNC. I did take the Tar Heels at the time. I think their odds are like 500 points less for title right now. They're ranked third when I took them there around 15 to 20. Um, echo everything you said. Chad, the difference this year, the the Caleb Love effect has been a huge thing for for the North Carolina Tar Heels. He transfers out to Arizona. Arizona's been really good some games. They've been really bad some games. When he was in North Carolina, they were really good some games, and they were really bad some games. They lost some games. You scratched your head. Makes you think of Stanford beating Arizona a few weeks back. Um, UNC's playing like a together a bunch. Uh, They're playing together. They're much more cohesive right now. R.J. Davis is a March guard. Baycott doesn't need to be the guy, but he is one. Uh, they play like a relaxed veteran team. Hubert Davis is a great coach. 
Yeah, UNC's great. Um, and my quick moment on Syracuse, uh, they're actually up one at the ha- half against Florida State. Um, this is a big second half. They're currently sitting 13-5 and five and 4-3 four and three in the ACC. So they can get to 14-5. and five. I really like the position they're in, um, you know, for the tournament. Now, this is just a different Syracuse team than what you've seen last four years under Bayheim. You know, Bayheim's team was going to lose to some bad teams, but they're also going to, you know, sneak in an upset or two in the ACC every year against the ranked team. This Syracuse team has been very good about beating the teams they should beat, dating all the way back to the, you know, early yeah. non-conference play. But they, I mean, they'll get beat up against good teams. Yeah. I mean, Duke, UNC combined beat them by, you know, about a thousand. Yeah. Um, so listen, it's, it's a team that can't shoot. That's athletic, a bit undersized. Uh, they play hard. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised with how they've looked this year. And I, I think they're in a good spot for the tournament. I would, I would add that the ACC has some teams that stand out to me. They have a, they have a bunch of teams, not a bunch, but they have a little group of teams that I would label as just they're soft. They're soft teams, and you're not going to be able to trust them down the stretch in some of these games, especially against better competition. And then there's teams that are just so erratic and inconsistent, and and Florida State comes to mind for that. I think Florida State is a very talented team this year. They're definitely not soft, um, but they just are like erratic. They're inconsistent. I feel like that's kind of been their brand a little bit, but they're going to give you problems. They're, they're playing Syracuse tonight. It's a very intriguing matchup for the middle of the pack. Potential bubble teams, you know, a couple months from now. And then you got the teams I think are soft, like your NC States. They're five and two in the conference. They're 13 and five on the surface. That's nice. They've lost a couple of ugly home games in conference. If you're losing home games like that, I think you're a little bit soft. I think Pitt's the softest team in the country. Um, I they thought made, they were going to be good this year. They made madness last year, and, and when Blake Hinson's not draining threes, they just beat Duke on the road. Blake Hinson went nine for nine from three. He was unbelievable. And when that's not happening, Pitt's not winning the game. They're very soft, and they're very, very reliant on Hinson's shooting ability. Um, Clemson was a team that got off to a very, very fast start, and now you got questions about them. They're three and four in the league. They're 13 and five. They've really fallen back to earth since conference play started. Uh, Miami's erratic. Miami's not soft, but they sometimes look like they just don't care. But I think they can win, you know, any given matchup. And uh, the game in the Dome this past weekend, Miami against Syracuse, one of the best games of the year. Miami goes down. They hit a a bank three-pointer with about 30 seconds left. Cuse ends up getting the ball back. Uh, They have to – they call timeout. They inbound with six seconds left. Drive the lane. They don't get a good look. Kick it out, and dude hits a fucking three at the buzzer. Great win for Syracuse over the weekend. The ACC has been fun. Um, I didn't mention Wake Forest or Duke, but Wake Forest has been a pleasant surprise. I, I actually think they're maybe the second best team, or, or excuse me, third best team, the UNC and Duke. Uh, Wake's been fairly impressive, and and we'll see what happens the rest of the year with that league. Connor John, stepped away, uh, so I don't know what BC thought question, he has. Yeah, I'll, I'll fill the gap by asking you a, a general ACC question. Um, in my opinion, this is now the third straight year the ACC has been down to the point where are they the fourth best Power Five conference? Um, do you 
what do you think the cause is of from a, a conference that was perennially, perennially one of the one or two best power five conferences, you know, from like 2014 all the way to, I'd argue, 2019, 2020? What's happened there? I, I think I think the other leagues have caught up. Honestly, it's a recruiting thing like. It's a recruiting and a scheduling thing. I feel like the Big 12 and the SEC and the Big East, even I, you see a lot of these teams in these preseason tournaments. And then for the ACC, you see North Carolina a lot. You see Duke sometimes. Who else? Like, I, I really don't know. Like, I feel like these big UVA, events. Kind of. So I feel like from a scheduling perspective, and I could be wrong, they're just a little bit weaker out of conference in some of these other leagues and how they've scheduled. Um, they haven't made deeper runs in March. I feel like that's part of it. I feel like the, the weaker out of conference might be part of it. Um, but, dude, I mean, come back to it. I think half the league is just a little bit soft. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like some of these teams just play a little bit timid, a little bit soft. Um I feel like that when I think of Big 12, Big East, and SEC basketball, I think some of these dudes are built like football players almost. Like I, I just think they're they're a little bit bigger, a little bit more athletic. I don't know. Maybe they're recruiting differently. But yeah, it, it's one it's last been strange for you, John. Yeah. Um, this not even ACC related. This is whole country related. Um. And we could have the same argument with college football, but do you think preseason college basketball polls hurt the actual rankings this time of year? Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. before before we were hopped on, I was just looking updated top twenty five, and I, you know, look at Marquette at fourteenth. You know, they are thirteen and five overall, four and three in in conference play, and they were a preseason top ten team. And then you have, we mentioned yep. them earlier, Syracuse and Duke. And this, I don't think Syracuse should be ranked, but I'm just using them as an example. Both teams that are 13-5, like 4-3 and three in conference. Um, I know wins from the you know non-con play a factor, and as well as other good wins. Yeah. But I, I don't understand how you have a 13-5 and five Marquette team ranked. Um, yeah. You know, the, the AP poll, I think we start to realize every year is just a little bit more and more. It's more for the, the optics of it all. It's more for the optics. I think it's more for these TV networks to be able to advertise their big games and, you know, generate the interest and revenue. And the formula for, you know, making a bid, getting into the tournament, all that is is none of it's really driven by the top 25. It's the net. It's these analytics it's these different, you know, systems that they have in place now that are driving it. Like the net, I think, is like the most important. I don't understand how they evaluate it. Um, but I think like looking at Ken Palm and some of these other sites is much more telling of which teams are actually going to be very good or which teams aren't um, much more predictive than this. Because it's definitely there's bias throughout the entire season with the top 25 poll like. What? How? And this is this is maybe bias on my end. I'm a South Carolina fan, but we're 15 and three. We're three and two in the league. We have like three or four quad one wins now, and we're not even receiving any votes. Are you kidding me? We beat Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon's receiving votes. We beat who else is on here? Mississippi State was on here recently. We beat them. They're receiving votes. It's just like I don't get it. Seton Hall somehow isn't ranked. I have no idea how. 
you know, they, they're cleaning up in the Big East. So the top 25 doesn't make sense. There's a lot of bias that comes into it that's driven by that preseason poll. All right. Let's, um, while we let Connor chow down, let's move to the Big 12. We'll stay alphabetical. Connor, you can unmute if you have any Duke or BC things you wanted to add. I just wanted to say about UNC, I saw them play against BC in person. Uh, respectfully, fuck Cormac Ryan. Cannot stand that guy. But He's so they are, good. They are a very, very good team. Uh, super solid. Great defensively. Uh, yeah, they, they, they're poised to make a deep run. Duke, I think they might be a little bit fraudulent this year. They might be a little fraud. They're going to make the tournament. They might make it to like a Sweet 16 run. I think would be impressed. I'd be impressed. They they feel like a a round of 32 exit type team this year. Just it, it just hasn't been clicking for them. Uh, and BC needs to basically they need to win at least like three of their next four to have any remote chance of of getting in the tournament. So. That's where I am with the ACC, but solid conference this year, top to bottom. Well, let's move on then to the best conference in college basketball. Someone may have a qualm with that, but the Big 12, seven ranked teams. It's a gauntlet. We have, you know, Houston fourth overall, Kansas seventh overall, Oklahoma 11th, Baylor 15th, Texas Tech 20th. BYU 21st, Iowa State 23rd. Um, it's it's a juggernaut of a conference, man. Um, I I don't have a lot to say outside of like Kansas and Houston haven't gotten eyes on a ton of them. The one team that I did put a place a bet on probably around a month ago now uh, to make the Final Four was BYU. You know, when I brought him up originally, John was the first one to echo, you know, we'll see how they look in conference play. And I believe they're two and three to start. And they're, you know, they're going to win games based on their offense when they're not making shots from the outside. It ain't going to happen. So you've seen a couple of these recent games. That's just kind of looking B- back. BYU to the has struggled on the road. You know, they've lost at Baylor. Um they lost at Texas Tech this past weekend, blew a large lead, and got um, you know lost by seven. So uh, that that's something to watch, especially in the second half of these games. Um, in the conference play, they haven't looked very good. Like Baylor outscored them by 15 in the second half. BYU is up six at halftime. BYU against Texas Tech on the road, they're up 16 at halftime, got outscored 23 in the second half. So that's a serious thing to monitor with them. They did beat UCF on the road. UCF probably is one of the bottom three or four teams in the league though UCF has beat Kansas and Texas. Now the big 12 is incredibly deep, very strong. Um, BYU's biggest win is probably now against Iowa state. Iowa state just beat TCU on the road. It's, it's crazy. The, the big, the big 12, um, seven ranked teams, seven unranked teams, Kansas state's unranked. Uh, they're four and one in the league. They're 14 and four. It's 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 insane. They're one of the first teams out of that top twenty-five. Um, there's probably only two, three teams. Well, no, not even UCF's wins. They got some quality quadrant one wins. West Virginia and Oklahoma State have losing records. They're not very good. The rest of this, the rest of this league is going to be fighting, and it, at the very worst, on the bubble uh, come March. So 
enjoy it. If I were to say Houston was one of the other four teams, uh, in addition to North Carolina, that I took a future on, I would say their stock's the same. Um, you know, they, they've taken a couple blows. They did lose two games in conference play, uh, losing to TCU and Iowa State back-to-back on the road. But they lost by four points and one point, respectively. They came back from it. Uh, they blew out Texas Tech and UCF at home. Huge game in about an hour against BYU. They're on the road. Two teams we just talked a lot about. Houston-BYU is an excellent matchup tonight. Very intrigued by it. Um, type of game that you stay up for and you skip that 5 a.m. gym alarm like I'm going to do. That's the plan. We're watching this one. Um Connor, what do you think about the Big 12? I mean, it's a fucking treat. The Big 12 is now what the ACC was like 10 years ago, and the Big East was like 15, 20 years ago. That's what the Big 12 is now. I was going to say, you were kind of slandering West Virginia, but even they they upset Kansas this past weekend. So, like, you, you know what's funny? And it makes no sense, dude. Both West Virginia and UCF, so West Virginia is 7-11, UCF is 11-6. Both of them have beaten Kansas and Texas in the early stages of conference play. I mean, I don't get it. College hoops. John Rothstein. Yeah. I is think it anarchy? Texas, it's just I, college I think basketball. Texas, uh, Texas is starting to find their stride a little bit. Texas in a big one. The, the Red River rivalry hoops edition tonight. That one's, I think, a point game at halftime. Yeah. It's always, uh, always a big matchup in the Big 12. There's never a bad matchup in the Big 12. And it is so hard to win a road game in this conference if you guys are, are not paying attention there out there, all, all you valued listeners. It's tough to win a road game. Yeah, I was going to say, look at these home records. Texas Tech, 11-0. Kansas State, 10-1. Kansas, 10-0. Houston, 11-0. Oklahoma, 11-0. Baylor, 10-0. Iowa State, 11-0. BYU, 10-1. TCU, 9-1. Texas, 10-2. UCF eight and three, West Virginia seven and five, Cincinnati eleven and two at home, and even Oklahoma State seven and four at home. That is insane. The- I uh, I want to give a shout out. So Houston's my favorite in the conference. Obviously, I took a future on them. I'm real. I, Texas Tech has been extremely impressive. Um, McCaskill, he wasn't supposed to have this team where they are right now. They've got some big wins. They're four and one in the conference. Um, they're good, but my team to watch in addition to Houston's Iowa State. I, I love Iowa State. Shout out to TJ Otzelberger. I mean, he's got to be one of the 10 best coaches in, in college hoops to, uh, today. What he does with the the talent he has, I mean, he is a phenomenal coach. He understands the strength of his team. Um, they're going to have games like the BYU game they lost by 15. There's just going to be bad matchups on their schedule. BYU plays fast. They can shoot. They were on that night. They took They took care of them. But, uh, I mean, Iowa State beat Houston, TCU on the road, as I mentioned. And uh, they played a pretty strong non-conference and did well with it. So, I like them a lot. They're a dangerous team. Their defense is fantastic. Who's your pick to win the uh, conference? I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with Houston, but Iowa State's my dark horse. I uh, I would say Houston. Houston is my my current pick to win the title. I, lo- I love that team. Yeah. I absolutely love them. So UNC and Houston, two chalky ones to start here for me on the, the my picks, but they were my future. They had to stick with them. Oh, okay. my official pick to win the ACC, by the way, is UNC, sadly. We can, Don't count uh, out Jim Vega and Miami in those tournaments, though. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. 
They, they do well. That's what I'm saying, dude. They show up when they want to. They're playing schoolyard ball out there. And they, and they get hot when they need to. We can shift to the Big East. I want to do the Big East next. I love the Big East. You know, it was obviously once much different. It was a juggernaut then. It's a juggernaut again. Big East basketball is a treat. Never a dull moment. It's like watching. Uh, it's like watching AFC North football basically every game. Uh, that's what I would have liked in the Big East. UConn, number one in the nation, seventeen and two, seven and one in the league. Only lost to Seton Hall, who's in second, six and two in the league, thirteen and six on the year. And uh, that's a thirteen and six. They started the year off four and zero, but then they lost a couple games in the non-con to USC and Iowa. Uh, John, can so, we put uh, do our first March Guard nomination in Kadari Richmond? March Guard, Kadari Richmond, absolutely, dude. He he's been unbelievable. I mean, he had a triple double and an overtime th- triple overtime loss over the weekend to uh, Creighton. Granted, a lot of volume. Thirty two is not okay. Granted, a lot of volume, but Kadari Richmond can't shoot. I mean, go back to his days at Syracuse. That's. I mean, he was only there for a year, but that, I mean, that was the big factor. He couldn't shoot from the outside. I don't think he can still, but I mean, tremendous vision, big physical guy that can rebound. I mean, he's, he's a March guard. Shaheen Holloway is doing a great job of that team. I mean, I think they're playing above their talent level, but Seton Hall went on a really nice run uh, in conference play after, after a pretty uneven out of conference they beat UConn to open it up and then lost to Xavier on the road and then ripped off wins against Providence Marquette Georgetown Butler and St. John's before the triple OT loss at home to Creighton Creighton really good team too they're third five and three 14 and five overall Marquette's four and three 13 and five overall and then honestly it dips a bit that's the clear you know probably tier two UConn's in tier one by themselves from there, we got Villanova. They're having a down year. They're eleven and seven, four and three in the conference. They played a strong enough schedule. They're they're not out of it for March, but they really need to start winning a lot of games soon. Xavier also four and three. They're ten and eight. St. John's four and four. They're twelve and seven. Patino has the boys playing better. I bet on them way too often. Uh, St. John's has probably got me pretty pretty red this year <laughs> they're, overall. They're the St. Johnsons though. You got the St. Johnson's man. They're 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 doing it. And then we got Providence, Butler, Georgetown, DePaul to round it out. DePaul just fired their head coach. They're three and fifteen. They haven't won a conference game since the Korean War. It feels like they're the it's worst five team by far. There could be some intriguing. I was listening um, to some other shows and dude, I, you know, some interesting names thrown around with DePaul. DePaul used to be a storied program. It's a shame what's happened out there. They haven't been good in our lifetime. I would like to see. Uh, Legend of the David Cardillo fandom, Mike Bray. Go back to Chicago. Make DePaul great again, Mike. What's Mike Bray doing right now? He's an assistant coach for the Atlanta Hawks. Where are they now? Wow. I think I knew that, actually. Uh, the Big East, I'm not going to add anything here. They're they're temporarily banned by me after what uh, happened in that UConn-Villanova game over the weekend. So... Big East temporary restraining order has been issued from myself to betting on that conference. I mean, that UConn Villanova beat was just absolutely horrendous. But you were on the other side, so congratulations. Uh, I will That's say right. Mar- Mar- Marquette impressed me against St. John's. That that felt like a, a big win for them to get back on track. Still like them a lot with Kolick and uh, 
is it Cam Cam Jones is the other guard on Marquette. I like both of them. So they're my pick to win the the Big East tournament still. I uh I'm gonna go rogue here. Well, not really. The St. Johnsons are my pick. You know, this takes place in Madison Square Garden. I think Patino's gonna need to win this tournament to get into the uh the big dance, and I think he's gonna pull off some magic, dude. He got the COVID out of the way, you know, a natural vaccination, if you will, last week for him missing a game, getting blown out in the process. But I think that that play style, that defense is going to carry over well in the uh, in the Big East tournament. I think they're going to win that thing. Give me St. John's. Tell you what, BC beat St. John's. Yeah, could be a good good win, you know, after St. John's wins this fucking conference. Um. Yeah, I just I think someone other than UConn is going to actually win. Are we also is this is this winning the conference tournament like getting into the automatic bid or is this are we winning winning the regular season? I'm talking like automatic bid. Automatic. Okay, me too. Because I think that St. John's is built for the tournament. I don't know at this point if they can win the conference at four and four in the regular season. So I've been talking automatic bid too. Cool. Uh, I still think UConn is the best team Wait. in the in the conference. Like, Quick update, but, Cox are up 45-38 on Kentucky at the under-14 timeout. I mean, it's getting tight sphincter time here. Before you know They did a blackout tonight, too, right? Yeah, dude. This place is rocking. <laughs> Looks awesome. Um, Chad, who you got in the Big East? I'll go Chalk. I'll take UConn. Safety. No surprise there, dude. All right. We'll go to uh, the last big that we're doing, the Big Ten. You know, Cardillo Land, unfortunately, not with us to talk Nitz ball, but that's all right. Um, the Big Ten's strange. I don't know how I feel about the Big Ten. Um, I think it's Wisconsin's the- fantastic. Wisconsin is leading the conference. They're 6 and 1. They're 14 4 overall. They're 13th in the country. Second in the country, though, is Purdue. They're 6 and 2 in the conference. They have lost to. Uh, Nebraska and Rutgers. bear with me. They lose to Rutgers. Northwestern early in the year in a really strange December first conference game on the road in overtime. But Purdue is uh, seventeen and two. Those are the only two losses they have in the year. Really great record and really great strength of record uh, in the non-con early in the season. Illinois is tenth in the country. They're five and two in the conference. Fourteen and four overall. Terrence Shannon is back after some legal issues. Um, is Quincy Garrier playing a lot? Yes, uh, he's, he's he's playing for Illinois. You know they are what they are under Brad Underwood. I feel like another team that's erratic. They just, but they are looking a little bit more sturdy this year. They've been a little bit more consistent. I have a touch more faith that they could maybe go deeper in March than they have in years past with Brad. But uh, I still think he's a second-rate coach in the grand scheme of things. And then you have a whole lot of muck. Um, I think the next tier in the Big Ten, and really, I mean, Wisconsin and Purdue probably too. It's a pretty unathletic conference overall. I mean, I think they're they're a tough, gritty conference, but they are. I don't know. I think they lack athleticism. I think that's why the Big Ten tends to get bounced in March by like the end of the first weekend or the Sweet Sixteen. Like I, I just none of these teams have really gone deep in recent memory. Northwestern, Nebraska. Indiana, Michigan State, Ohio State, Iowa, Minnesota, Maryland. Folks, they're all the same team. Uh, let's keep it simple here. 
those like seven, eight teams are all the same team. And then Penn State, Rutgers, and Michigan are the, the bottom three in the league. There's three tiers. It's those top three teams. It's the middle seven or eight, and then it's the bottom three. I don't know. The Big I Ten is... Yeah. John, I'm going to not go chalk with my Big Ten pick. Michigan State's going to win the Big Ten. Okay. I like it. Um, I Talk about erratic. Um, they... That Penn State game was what? Like the last time recorded when Cardillo thought they were going to win, they beat Penn State by about 90. And then they had two bad losses, but now have reeled off three straight with a big showdown at Wisconsin on Friday night. Um, I think they get that one done. And, you know, it may not win the regular – they won't win the regular season title, but I could see them winning that, you know, that Big Ten tournament. What sticks out to me, similar to Big 12 – and Dave put me on this when I bet Penn State over the weekend. Hard to win on the road in the Big Ten. Really hard to win on the road. A lot of uh, great home records in this conference. I'm going to take Purdue to win it all. As much as I don't like watching Zach Eady play, best player in college basketball probably, hands down. Or I shouldn't say best. Most dominant player in college basketball right now. Uh, so I'll take them. But uh, we talked about him all the time. March guard, Boo Booey, exciting player to watch. Yep. Wanted to highlight him. And uh, I'm blanking on the on the the man's name right now. But the the man from Nebraska, uh, absolutely electric player. Oh, the give lefty. One, yeah, give me one second. I I just don't want to butcher his name. I side Tominga. Tominaga. I love his game. He's an exciting watch. So. Those are two guys I want to shout out. Uh, honestly, I don't find myself watching all that much Big Ten basketball. So, the South Carolina yeah, I have it on. It's like noon on Sunday. There's always a game on CBS. That's like the only time I'm picking it up right now. South Carolina Gamecocks are up 10 points on the sixth-ranked Kentucky Wildcats here in the Colonial Life Arena. I mean, we're fucking bugging. Uh, 11 minutes, 54 seconds, timeout. Back to the Big Ten. My pick is Illinois. I think Illinois wins the conference, uh, gets the automatic bid, and has the best chance, like I was kind of saying, to get deeper on. I, I I like what they've got going on. You know, if Terrence Shannon is there, that obviously helps them out. We'll see how that legal process, you know, ensues. Marcus Damask has been awesome. Uh, he can really shoot the pill. Uh, you know, he's a transfer that came over from Southern Illinois. He's been he's been really good for them. Gary A. Good, good little transfer chip that came to. I like him. Dane Danger. Fun name. I got nothing else in the Big Ten. Nor do I. Moving onwards Mountain and outwards West. to the Mountain West, my favorite conference that isn't the SEC. The Mountain West has historically stumbled in March. Uh, Connor, I was with you in New York City a couple years ago when uh, I think the Mountain West had six teams in. Felt very similar to this year. They were really good, like really top-heavy. And all those top-heavy teams got in, and I think they all lost in round one by blowouts. Got killed. Um, yeah, but San Diego, broke, San Diego State broke the curse. And San Diego State broke the curse last year. It's not really a concern for me anymore. And these teams have started to play stronger non-conference schedules too. This league may be a little bit unlike the, uh, the Big Ten and the Big 12. The road team can win in this league. Um, 
Team in first place, Utah State. They're actually four and two away from home. Um, they are five and one in the league, eighteenth in the country, seventeen and two overall. Boise State, four and one in the league, thirteen and five in the country. They're not ranked, but they they have been excellent in conference play so far. Already beaten Colorado State, Nevada, and San Diego State, who are three of the other you know best teams in the league based on record. Uh, New Mexico, sixteen and three. They're twenty fifth. San Diego State, reigning. Runner-up, 15-4, and 4-2 in the league. They're unranked. Colorado State, Chad Messier's favorite team in the nation as of a month ago. Have stumbled mm-hmm. a little. They've lost two games in the conference, but they're still 24th in the uh, in the polls. They're 15-3 and three overall. John, how's got, my um, other team that I put a final Nevada. Four yes. Nevada is two and three, or uh, yeah, two and three in the conference, 15-4 overall. They did win the Hawaii tournament. I'm, I'm high on Nevada. They've now they lost have lost. Straight. They have lost three straight to Boise at home. They lost to San Diego State on the road. And they lost to Wyoming at home, which is a little bit alarming. Um, you know, you, you get in a conference play, and teams can game plan you differently. It's just different. You know, teams know you better than they do than the, the out-of-conference games. I think Nevada's the type of team they can, you know, if they get into the big dance in March, I think they can probably match up better than maybe they are in these league games. Um but we'll see. Outside of that, the rest of the league, I mean, Wyoming, UNLV, Fresno, San Jose State, Air Force. Frisky teams in these in these conference games when they're covering spreads that are in that, like, 8 to 15 range. But uh, otherwise, they're not going to make any noise in March. Carolina hit another three here. They're shooting over 50% from deep. It's a 13-point game. The Gamecocks are starting to extend an advantage in the second half. For the Mountain West, what do you guys like? What do you think? I still think Colorado State's the best team in the conference. Isaiah Stevens, March guard. So I'm going to take them to win it. Um, I will go Colorado State featuring Nevada. Two picks for the folks at home. I like Nevada a lot. Um, but I'm going to go with Boise State. I don't know why. This is kind of a shot in the dark pick. This league is just so wide open. But Boise has been fantastic in these league games, and uh, I think they do it. I think they pull it off. Fun conference. Um, John, we're not going to talk about the conference, but is Dayton a wagon? Dayton is a wagon. Dayton is very good. Uh, they're probably deserving of that top 15 ranking. They they had a strong out of conference. Their only losses are Houston and one other power five team. So, uh, and they've been running through the, the A-10. We did breeze over the American and real quick, because the American is Charlotte, or uh, excuse me, Charlotte's leading the American. It is FAU and Memphis. I want to touch on them fast, unless you guys have more thoughts on the Mountain West. Who's your picks? You already said them? Cool. Yeah. Quick, the American... I mean, FAU was obviously Final Four team last year. They were one of my one of my four uh, futures I played. So is Memphis. Both of these stock down. Uh, little, both have had cracks in the armor. Memphis has lost back to back games to South Florida and Tulane. They've looked shaky in other other conference games. Played a lot of close ones. Don't know if it comes back to uh, that conference schedule being different with the game planning. Memphis had a bunch of transfers, but a lot of teams did. I still think their talent will win out. I think they'll be a better team in March. Florida Atlantic, uh, they moved up to the American. They were not in the American before. Were they Conference USA, Connor? They moved up conferences. 
I think it's a little bit of that and a little bit of boredom. Uh, I think they're also a team that will be better in March. I could be wrong, but like it's the same roster that went to the Final Four. What do you feel? I'm not worried about FAU. I mean, like, yeah, you're you're playing against better teams night in, night out. And, like, I, even when they made the Final Four last year, I didn't feel like they were, like, head and shoulders more talented than teams. They're just – they know how to win games when when it gets a little tight. They're a tournament-style team, so I'm, uh, I, I feel good about them still. Yeah. Built for the tournament. They got a couple March guards on the team. Uh, John L. Davis, stud. Absolute stud. Um, I I would probably take I'm gonna take Memphis to win the American Conference, get the automatic bid. But I could see wow. I could see neither of them doing it and it'd just be a total random upset. Uh we'll see. Louisville's really tight with Duke tonight, guys. Uh to go back to the ACC real quick. Louisville's a, a doormat um for the league this year, but they're they're tight with Duke right now at home. Duke's fraudulent, man, I'm telling you. Um, give me, I'm going to stay with FAU to win the, uh, American. Okay. <clears throat> Pretty fun league. Charlotte's a top it though. Shout out to the 49ers in the backyard over there. I need to start going to some games, dude. What am I doing? I should be attending these things. Um, the Pac-12. Southeastern Pac-12. Let's do Pac-12. We'll do Pac-12. Save the best for last. Pac-12, pretty weak conference. I mean, talk about soft. This is a bad conference. Um, the best team in the league by ranking and by record, the Arizona Wildcats. They're ninth. They're five and two in the conference. They're fourteen and four overall. I don't know how they're ninth. They almost lost to UCLA uh, this past weekend. UCLA is eight and eleven, so that's notable. They're bad. They're down. No one else is ranked outside of Arizona. Um, Oregon and Arizona State both five and two in the league with their thirteen and five and eleven and seven, and then Stanford, Colorado, Utah, Washington State are all five and three or four and four, and then they're all slightly above or fourteen and five. Roughly, their records are all about the same. And then the bottom tier: Washington, UCLA, Cal, the USC Trojans with Bronny James, and Oregon State. Um, they're all bad. They're all bad. Uh, <laughs> Not a very strong league. This is a conference that is going to be lucky to get three teams in, in March at this point. This is a bad league. Yeah. Arizona is the only good team in this conference. I, I actually like some of Oregon's pieces. I think they'll be all right. And I like uh, Dana Altman as, as a coach. But aside from that, pretty horrible. USC, how disappointing are they? Like, wasn't that one kid Collier, like the number one recruit in the country that they have? Yeah, they they're really bad, dude. UCLA and USC are terrible. South Carolina has opened up an 18-point lead on the Kentucky Wildcats here with 7:42 to go, folks. It's starting to look like pandemonium might break out um, in the Colonial Life Arena. Has Bronny James scored yet? Um, or or my picks Oregon to win that conference. I think they're a sturdy team. Oregon, Arizona. Yeah. I don't hate it. Um. Stanford has been a really frisky team. I'm going to take Utah. Utah's <laughs> going to win this conference. Automatic bid. You bastard. I was going to take Utah, too. Hey, right. we'll join, see. Me. join me. 
All right, now uh, to uh, a personal favorite conference of the pod, obviously South Carolina. Sitting in fifth right now, could be moving up here, knock on wood. Uh, the Southeastern Conference, I'm absolutely shocked to see Auburn is 16-2 and two and has won 11 straight. Uh, very under the radar for me. I was not aware of that. But Auburn up top, Kentucky second, Tennessee third, Bama fourth, Cox fifth, Georgia sixth. LSU, Ole Miss, Miss State, Florida, uh, and then we have some bad teams at the bottom here. A&M is is top tier still, and Arkansas, mm, but Missouri and Vandy, very bad this year. Yeah, and Missouri went to the tournament last year. I mean, total disappointment out of them. They were expected to, they, they had expectations this year. Their own five to start the league, eight and ten. I will be attending the Cox-Missouri game on Saturday at, in Columbia, South Carolina. Coming off a huge win against Kentucky against a really bad Missouri team, you can't help but be concerned about a letdown game. I mean, and I'm hoping, obviously, the Cox hang on to this 18-point lead. They're 16 now. Um, oh, no. The SEC, is, it's got three teams in the top 10. I mean, to your point, Auburn has been so good. I mean, they haven't just won 11 games in a row. They have blown out 11 teams in a row. Like, they are winning these games by 10, 20 points every time. Like, looking through the scores, they're killing teams ever since they lost to Appalachian State, who's actually been very solid in the Sun Belt. Um, yeah, uh, Auburn, Auburn's dangerous. They're, they're probably playing a little bit above, you know, what they actually are. But um, they got a huge test coming up tomorrow night against Alabama. Should be really exciting. That's on the road. That is going to be an all-eyes-on-this game type of a game. Alabama is not ranked, but they are by far, without a doubt, and unquestionably the best unranked team in the country. They're 12-6, and 4-1 and one in the league. They're like top 10 in Ken Palm. The analytics love them. Every metric loves them. They're number one in just offensive efficiency. Alabama is going to be great um, for the rest of the year. Wouldn't be worried. They should be ranked. And then uh, – after those those uh, so Tennessee and Kentucky are the other two ranked teams, obviously. After that, dude, I think the Cox are the fifth best team in the conference. I think beating Kentucky solidifies that if they can hold on here. I don't think Connor, there's any question about it. Does that five star kid from Rochester still play for Alabama? No, Bradley's at uh, Arizona now. Oh, does he play I, a lot? Plays enough, decent amount. Okay. Uh. I think that Carolina is easily the fifth best team right now. I still love A&M, and that's mostly because of Wade Baldwin. Uh, I still think they're they're up there. And Florida's solid, too. I, honest, I, I admittedly haven't seen much of LSU, Ole Miss, or Mississippi State, but I do like Florida and A&M as well. Wade Taylor. Wade Taylor, sorry. <clears throat> um. What about the Arkansas dog? has been – I mentioned Missouri's a big disappointment. Arkansas has been a huge disappointment. Now, the Cox just beat them on the road at Bud Walton by about 14. But Arkansas is 10-8. and eight. They're 1-4 and four in the conference. They have a lot of the same roster, I feel like. Musselman's still there. They're experienced, and they just have not looked good. They have not looked cohesive. I don't, I don't have any way to really explain what Arkansas has been this season. It's been utterly disappointing. But we'll see if they can get back on track. You know, there's still some there's still some time, but they're running out of it, just like A&M is and just like Florida is. Those three got to get moving. Um, 
The SEC is incredibly competitive, though. I mean, every game feels like a dogfight. Georgia's been, in addition to South Carolina, has obviously been a huge surprise. Picked last in the conference preseason. But Georgia, I mean, has probably picked second to last, and they're three and two. Mike White, uh, former Florida coach, remember he went there. They've looked good. They beat us in Columbia last Tuesday night. We got sleepy in the last eight minutes. We really let, let that game get away from us. Should have been a win. Um, but Georgia looks pretty good. They're they're definitely on the rise. My pick, conference, uh, Cox win. Cox win. Automatic bid. Easy as that. No bubble exciting. I mean, you you already got to experience one Final Four, so I'm I'm not going to say you you deserve this one, but it would be fun. I, I tell fun you, and I'm 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 acting like this is ha- like we win this. We really need to beat Kentucky. We win this game. I think we are on a path to March. I mean, feel very confident about this roster. What we got going on? It's a nice feeling. Um, I'm taking Tennessee to win the SEC tournament. I didn't talk about them enough, actually. T- Tennessee has been, I mean, Tennessee is the best team in the conference. I think they're probably a little bit sturdier than, than Kentucky is at this moment. Uh, outside of Zach E, Dalton Connect, he's got to be second for player of the year right now. He has just been lights out. I mean, every game that it's felt like it's been a big one for Tennessee, he's shown up 25 against Bama, 39 against Florida. 36 against Georgia, 28 against Mississippi State. Those are his last four games. I mean, he's been rolling. Uh, he, he he's he's so good. Um, put put up 37 against UNC earlier in the year. 24 against Wisconsin. You know, obviously they always have an excellent defense. He's he's world class, dude. Tennessee's good. They got a good team, well rounded. Ziegler's still there. I feel like he's been there forever. But he's only can junior. Rick, can Rick Barnes finally get over the hump? We'll see. That's the this question. feels like the team that would do it. It does. Santiago Vescovi's also still there, and he's he's playing more of a, a role player role. You know, he's not the main guy with Connect there, and uh, they're deep. Like they're deep. They're they're very good. Um, Tennessee, Auburn, Kentucky, Bama, man, and maybe put the Cox there. They're up twenty now in Kentucky. This is a route, guys. I could I can't believe it. I took plus five and a half. Why didn't I take the money line? I mean, fuck. Any other thoughts on the SEC? No. No. Just excited for – this is the best part of the college basketball season, like February through the end of the year. Just some phenomenal conference games. Yeah. No, I um, – I mean, the NFL is about over. So, our college basketball, you will have our attention completely. Um, I don't know. Next week, I guess we can up – jump in and update you know on the nba nhl front um not a lot at the moment uh my last car my last call nascar is almost back still gotta find my new driver um but it's back um also if you're looking for shows to watch um the new season of true detective came out last week so the first two episodes are out now uh, i've heard great things it was scary things. i folks i haven't had nightmares in a good seven eight years watching that first episode i i had <laughs> nightmares sunday night um it wasn't good so we're gonna have to watch with the lights on moving forward i um i just finished the the first season of true detectives for the first time really dude best show of tv ever best that was, it was incredible season yeah 
It's incredible. Skip season two, watch season three and four. I think I'm just going to go um, straight to four. Okay. Uh, and then Friday, Masters of the Air comes out on Apple TV. Uh, don't have Apple TV, so you're going to have to change that. Um, Apple TV the is third. the best, dude. Apple TV's got the best shows. Love them. A free a free <laughs> advertisement there for Apple right here. Yeah. Uh, uh, Masters of the Air, the third installment of the Steven Spielberg, Tom Hanks miniseries, uh, Band of Brothers and the Pacific. So mm-hmm. uh, highly anticipated, to say the least. Um, that's all I got. My last call is just, uh, you know, get yourselves acclimated. Call Troops is the best. I uh, I think it is such a hard, hard, challenging, difficult, brutal sport to bet sometimes. The beats can be just crushing. But it's all part of the journey. It's all part of the fun. It's why we do it. Um, remember that. Enjoy the NFL this weekend. Be responsible. Maybe get some buffalo chicken dip in you. A couple cold snacks. Never killed you. Well, killed some but it won't kill you because you're going to drink responsibly you know you're going to uber home you're not going to drive it's going to be a great weekend it's going to be a great weekend connor take us away i got nothing to add another show in the books Conference championship weekend like john said do everything responsibly have a blast go cox we'll see go you next cox. week Go Cox. Crash, get some fucking votes on the notable votes section next time. All right. (laughs) Until next week. Thank you for listening. Production by AJ Bradbury.